SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after on Sports Grid here on this Wednesday. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, and I'm your host, Ariel Epstein, taking you through the next three hours. There is so much to get to when it comes to the NBA Finals Game 6 last night. The MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he cashes in as the favorite, but it wasn't always the favorite. Giannis actually had the second or third best odds, even at one point, fourth best odds, because of that hyperextended left leg. That feels like decades ago already. The NBA season finally wraps up. We have a champion. The Milwaukee Bucks get the win. They cover a spread. The total stays under 222. This was a fun one to watch from a props perspective as well. Also, we're going to get to a ton this hour. We're going to have some Major League Baseball recaps. We're going to be joined by Tim Doyle from CBS and NBA TV. He's going to break down what he saw. He's a former player going to tell us what he saw from his eye on the floor last night in the NBA Finals. First, someone that helps me break it all down every day of the week, and that is my co-host, Ben Stevens. Ben, the NBA season is finally over. Wrap it up. Say goodbye. We'll see you in the fall. The Milwaukee Bucks, an NBA champion for the first time in 50 years. Since 1971, the Larry O'Brien Trophy going back to the state of Wisconsin in a performance for the ages, Ariel, to cap it off out of Giannis Antetokounmpo last night. 50 points, 14 rebounds, 5 blocks, and oh, by the way, 17 of 19 from the charity stripe from the free throw line. An absolute gem of a performance, a Giannis masterpiece to cap it off, Ariel. And it was so much fun to watch. And if you were a Bucks backer, not only did you enjoy watching Giannis go off for that 50 burger last night, the Bucks also ended up covering the spread as it stood last night, entering game number six of the NBA Finals. So a great game last night, Ariel, to end off the NBA season. You have to feel good for Giannis and the Bucks for them to get that win, Ariel. It was a ton of fun to watch, ton of fun to watch last night. Giannis Antetokounmpo goes over his points prop of 32.5 with 50 points. Giannis also goes over his rebounds prop of 13.5 with 14 rebounds. Unfortunately, it wasn't a trifecta because Giannis did not go over his assist prop, which was 5.5, and and he only had two. Yet when it comes to points, Giannis is the seventh player in NBA history to have 50 points in the finals. The last two, LeBron James in 2018, Michael Jordan, 1993. That is not bad company to have, Ben. No, not at all. And when you see all of the stats that were posted about Giannis last night, the person he is compared to that also ranks in that category, Michael Jordan. So when you're throwing Giannis in the ranks of the GOAT and MJ, you know how special that performance was last night. Two straight games of 40 points early on in this NBA Finals. And then to cap it off with the block which he had on the alley-oop, 
in game number four. The alley-oop finish himself from Drew Holiday in game number five. And then a 50-burger last night out of Giannis Ariel. It was absolutely special to watch. A great way to end the NBA season, to bring a championship back to Milwaukee. I'm sure all 65,000 fans out in the Deer District last night were popping a spotted cow and feeling pretty good about their NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks team. That was insane. Looking at those crowds outside of Pfizer Forum, I couldn't believe that that was in full force. And you saw them out early on. It was before tip-off. The cameras, the drones, they were showing you everything. It was packed. Welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience. First hour here on the morning after, Sirius XM, Channel 204, the Mighty 1090. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. So Giannis Antetokounmpo ends up with 50 points. He wins the MVP. He was heavily favored to do so after about game three or after game four. Giannis flipped to the favorite. When it came to getting the job done, well, Giannis was really glad to earn his first NBA title. This should be should make every every person, every kid, every, anybody around the world to like believe in the dreams. You know, and no matter like what, whatever you feel when you feel down, when things don't look like. It's going to happen for you. You might not make it in your career. It might be basketball. It might be anything. Just believe in what you're doing. Keep working. You know, don't let nobody tell you what you can be, what you cannot do. You know, people told me I can't make free throws. I made my free throws tonight. And I'm a freaking champion. I made them and I'm supposed to make them. You know, but I'm joking. Um, actually, I'm not. He's not joking. He made his free throws, and he still had 50 points in the game to earn the MVP. It's amazing because he does deserve it. No other player on the team had over 20 points last night, Ben. Nobody else had more than 17. It was Chris Middleton that was the second leading scorer on the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis scored 47.6% of the Bucks' 105 points last night. 50 of the 105. That is the fourth highest percentage in an NBA Finals game in NBA history. The other guys that rank above him, again, like I mentioned, in every statistical category last night, Giannis comparing to Michael Jordan, and in this case as well, Elgin Baylor. So an incredible performance out of Giannis Ariel, we've been telling John Sheeran now for a couple of weeks. I think there's a fly in the studio flying all around me. But anyway, we've been telling John Sheeran, the FanDuel trading director, for a couple of weeks we need free throw attempt props. Giannis would have gone over that number again last night. Would have got him into a trifecta. 17 of 19 from the charity stripe. Very rarely do you see a superstar improve on an aspect of their game mid-season, mid-postseason run. Giannis did that and capped it off with an NBA championship and an NBA Finals MVP last night, Ariel. A great performance for Giannis and the entire city of Milwaukee. I was trying to look back to the NBA Finals odds for MVP when it first came out. And uh, I remember we've been through this a few times. Giannis Antetokounmpo was 18 to one at the start of the playoffs, June 13th. He was 18 to one, which was the eighth best odds on the board. The favorite was Kevin Durant at plus 165. Stay here on the grid. We're gonna hear from more players and recap more about last night in the NBA here on SiriusXM Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back to the Morning After on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Last night in the NBA Finals, the Milwaukee Bucks get the win. They win 105-98 over the Phoenix Suns. Not only do they cover the spread, the Bucks at minus 4.5, minus 5. This total also stayed under, which was one of the highest totals that they've posted in the finals. It was 222. I don't mean in all finals. I just mean in this series for the finals. 222, and it lands at a 203. There were many opportunities to go jump in and continue to live bet that under. The Bucks were the best defensive team at home in the entire playoffs. That's not just talking about the NBA finals. That's including every round of the playoffs. The Bucks were the only team to limit their opponents at home to under 100 points per game. Ben, it was Milwaukee's defense that really stepped up, which, by the way, at the beginning of the year, I would have thought it would have been the offense that got the job done. I mean, it was really just Giannis offensively last night. 50 points of the 105 that the Milwaukee Bucks scored. No other Milwaukee player was above 17 points last night. Chris Middleton, the second leading scorer. We'll talk about Bobby Portis and primetime Portis in just a minute. But you mentioned the defense, which was so good last night. That was part of the capping we took into Game 6 yesterday. We heard it from Rob Perez a couple of days ago. We heard it from our very own James Young previewing Game number 6 was the idea that defense would be at a premium and to lean towards the under. And that's how Game 6 of the NBA Finals with a chance to clinch that championship trophy certainly played out. When you look at the Phoenix Suns side, Chris Paul leading the way for the Suns with 26 points, but Devin Booker only 19 points. DeAndre Ayton barely getting into double figures if he even did. Jay Crowder was decent, but nothing really sparking offensively for the Phoenix Suns, and you could really look at that Milwaukee Bucks defense. Of course, a defensive player of the year in Giannis, but you also look at Drew Holiday, and his oddball defense is probably the best out of any guard position in the NBA. It was incredible last night. The rotations that Mike Budenholzer had out there having Giannis guard CP3, I think really frustrated the Phoenix Suns and got them out of their rhythm, especially late in that game when the Bucks started to come back in the late third and fourth quarter, and then they took over from there and I think it spurred on their offense and Giannis was going off. Giannis with five blocks. He's the only person Ariel in NBA history to have a 40, 10, and 5 block game in an NBA final since they started charting blocks back in the early 70s. He didn't even just have 40. He had 50 on top of that. So historic performances out of Giannis Antetokounmpo last night both offensively and defensively. That's why he's in rarefied air. When you look at the likes of MJ talking about what he's doing alongside Michael Jordan and the only players in NBA history to have multiple MVP awards, a Defensive Player of the Year award. And now, although he was minus 460 as the heavy odds-on favorite entering Game 6 last night, an NBA Finals MVP award as well, Ariel. A player who really stepped up when Giannis got hurt and hyperextended that left leg, it was Chris Middleton. Now, it wasn't every game he stepped up. There were games, though, where Middleton was the leading scorer of this Bucks team. Now, the Bucks were down 2 nothing twice in the NBA playoffs this year. First to the Brooklyn Nets, they came back. Now in this series for the NBA Finals, down 2 nothing, they fight back and win the NBA title. Middleton said after the game he attributes a lot of this to the team's resiliency. We were down 0-2 against Brooklyn. Um, and, you know, we came together as a group. Um, within our film session, we talked it out. We all wanted to be on the same page, realize how we needed to play, what we needed to do. And it was the same thing in the series. We never got down. I mean, we're still playing. We still have a chance. That's the way we felt. No matter if we were down in the game, no matter if we were down in the series, it didn't matter. We knew each time we took the court, we had a chance to win. Um, and we have everybody in the locker room and the organization that believes in 
you know that is never going to give up until it's completely over. Um, that's who you want to play with, guys that are going to fight to the end. You know, Ben, I always laugh because when I watch tennis, if somebody's down one set to nothing, two sets to nothing, I think to myself, no way do I want to try to fight back from this because it would just take way too long. Just wait till next year. For the Bucks to come back down to nothing in two series, nonetheless, the Brooklyn Nets, the team that was supposed to win this NBA title according to the odds, then you go and do it against the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals? You have to win two games at home, then you have to go back to Phoenix, win on the road, and then you have to win again, at least coming home. I mean, this was a long stretch for the Bucks to fight back in and for the Phoenix Suns to blow it. I don't know what's more impressive, the Phoenix Suns blowing this or the Milwaukee Bucks making the comeback, Ben. I think the Bucks' resiliency really showed. And Mike Budenholzer got a lot of flack, and maybe rightfully so, throughout most of this postseason. And it felt like if the Bucks had an early playoff exit, Bud's job would be on the line. But he made the adjustments, especially in this NBA Finals series, to play Giannis at the five and allow that speed and space. And that really frustrated the Phoenix Suns and mainly DeAndre Ayton, who had come on so strong throughout most of this Western Conference playoffs. But Ariel, let's look back. After Phoenix took... That 2-0 series lead. They were a heavy favorite to win this series, and rightfully so, at minus 480. They were minus 200 on the series spread to win by a game and a half is what they were favored by. Even when Milwaukee came back and won the two first games at Pfizer Forum to even the series at two games apiece, the Phoenix Suns were still the favorite, and that felt credible at minus 150. So for the Bucks to storm all the way back to win the final four games of this series and to look so impressive in doing so and frustrating the Phoenix Suns and everything they did, I think it speaks to that resiliency. I think it speaks to Giannis being the absolute Greek freak that he is and the deserved NBA Finals MVP. I mean, let's talk about what Giannis is doing on historic levels. We have spent most of this show doing such a thing, but he averaged nearly 36 points per game throughout this NBA Finals, 12 and a half rebounds, five assists, was absolutely a dominant force on the defensive end. We are talking about a guy doing all of this on a hyper-extended left knee area one after Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Final Series against the Atlanta Hawks. Never thought we'd see Giannis again this postseason. Maybe not until the middle of next season because that injury looks so severe. And he comes back and proves that he is truly a freak. So I think for the Milwaukee Bucks to do this, to get the contributions from Chris Middleton in clutch opportunities, to get Drew Holiday playing well. Drew Holiday didn't score a lot last night, but he did go over his assist prop of 8.5, finishing with 11 assists. That was plus money, by the way. This Milwaukee Bucks team was fantastic. And you also had contributions from Bobby Portis. Bobby stinking Portis going out there and putting on for the city of Milwaukee. He was so thrilled to play in this city. He said it was a blue-collar town. That's how he felt. He dropped 16 points last night in the NBA Finals game-clinching six win. I mean, that's pretty impressive stuff all across the board. And the Milwaukee Bucks deserve all the credit. Yes, it will sting for the Phoenix Suns for some time to be on the precipice of winning this NBA Finals, to have an 0-2 series lead in all the struggles that Chris Paul has had throughout his postseason career, throughout his time in the NBA, to get so close in his first NBA Finals appearance to possibly win his first NBA championship trophy. But I think it's more a story of Giannis and what this Milwaukee Bucks team did to earn this Larry O'Brien trophy in their first NBA championship in franchise history dating back to 1971. Let's talk about Chris Paul for a second. 
He's the name that if it weren't for the Bucks winning the title, if it weren't for Giannis Antetokounmpo winning the MVP, Chris Paul's the third best story. Scott Foster as his ref, 13 straight playoff losses. What is going on here? What a trend this is. And I can't wait to ask Tim Doyle about this when he comes on a little bit. There's also been a bunch of blown leads for Chris Paul-led teams. Chris Paul's team blown leads. Look at this graphic. 2-0, he was up uh, with the Spurs in, or against the Spurs in 2008, lost. 2-0 versus the Grizzlies in 2013, lost. 3-1 to the Rockets 2015, lost. 2-0 versus the Blazers in 2016, broken hand. 3-2 against the Warriors in 2018, hamstring. Now 2 nothing against the Bucks in 2021. He is the first player ever, Chris Paul, to blow four 2 nothing leads in a best-of-seven series. I know you can't attribute all of this to one player, yet, Ben, this is something that you have to consider. Yeah, it really is, and it's tough because Chris Paul has been known as the point god because of his legendary career standard of that assist-to-turnover ratio, and it seemed throughout this NBA Finals he was committing some costly turnovers at the wrong time. But Chris Paul did say in his post-game press conference yesterday, Ariel, he is not hanging it up, he is not retiring, he is coming back hungry to hopefully win an NBA championship. He was so close. You know how much that team loved him. When Chris Paul had that bum right shoulder, his players said, we'd rather a 75% Chris Paul than anyone else out there. We're going to recap Major League Baseball coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204, with Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Although the NBA Finals were last night, there was still Major League Baseball. Yesterday, the favorites went 7-5 straight up. Favorites are hitting at a clip of just over 58% this season, which is pretty impressive from a gambling perspective. Last night, one of the games that stood out the most because the National League West is just so much fun to watch, the Los Angeles Dodgers beat the San Francisco Giants 8-6. The Dodgers cash in at minus 140 on the money line. It was Will Smith for the, for the Dodgers who hit a three-run walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth inning. The series is now split at one apiece. The Dodgers were down 6-1 in the fifth inning. Imagine what those live odds looked like, Ben, when the Dodgers ended up making the comeback. 6-1 in the fifth. We're probably talking plus 650, plus 750. We're talking big plus money value on the L.A. Dodgers. In fact, Ariel, because this game was out on the West Coast, as the NBA Finals was wrapping up, we're putting together the show last night for today. I had it in there slugged as a Giants win for this game and them to take a 2-0 series lead so far in this very critical four-game set in the NOS. But the Dodgers storming back, making me look foolish, turning around our rundown. But a huge pinch hit three-run walk-off home run for the Fresh Prince himself, Will Smith, for the Dodgers to even up the series now just one game back in the NL West. The divisional odds... Really haven't changed. The Dodgers show the odds-on favorite at minus 250 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So, when you look at this series now, pretty even. A big game tonight. Julio Arias on the bump. 
for the Dodgers, who has been so good, tied for a major league lead with 12 wins so far this season. And we are really battling for that top spot at in the NL West right now between these two sides. And Ariel, it's just very fun to watch because we're talking about not only the two best teams in the National League West or the NL overall, the two best records in all of Major League Baseball going back and forth in a great rivalry series between these two foes. Tonight should be great. Last night was great if you're a Dodger backer. The Dodgers also have been without three of their best hitters. Mookie Betts is out, Justin Turner, and Max Muncy all out with injuries last night. Seven home runs were still hit, and the Dodgers still managed to get the win at minus 140 at home as favorites. Another game last night, the Nationals beat the Marlins 6-3. This close around even money, the total at nine pushes with the 6-3 finish. Miami's now lost four straight games. As for the Nationals, they're only five games back in the National League East, Ben. And that's really what we're talking about here. Four losses for the Marlins, but three straight for the Washington Nationals. And we focused on the NL East a ton leading up to the All-Star break and now even after because it is going to be a division that is going to be so much fun to watch throughout the rest of this summer because of how tightly compacted it is. Four of the five teams, excluding the Miami Marlins, are now within five games of the Mets at the top of the NL East. Four teams within five games. And these Nationals, Ariel, have won three straight games now. And if you think back to their 2019 World Series winning year, they started off on a very cold start to that season. At the end of May, they were 12 games below 500 before getting hot at the right time and starting to rally. We're seeing a little bit of that right now, mainly led by Juan Soto, who had another hit, another RBI last night. And when the Nationals were approaching the end of this month in the trade deadline, I'm sure a couple of weeks ago, they might have been sellers. Now they might be buyers because of how tight that NL East divisional race is. And if you want to jump in on the Nats right now and you're looking for some big plus money and some good value in those divisional odds of the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Washington Nationals plus 950 right now if they can go catch the New York Mets. Still four games below 500, five games back in the standings right now in the NL East but starting to make a charge and looking good in doing so. They have a great offensive lineup. Josh Bell hitting, hit, hitting his 100th career home run last night. Juan Soto started to heat up. You add in a healthy Kyle Schwarber. This Nationals team, Ariel, a team to monitor in that NL East race. The Nationals were 14-1 to that year that they won the World Series and were complete underdogs. They had the longest odds of anybody to win the World Series, 14-1. to and they end up making it 14-1 to going into the playoff race was what it was, not preseason that year. Stay right here on the grid. We're going to welcome in our MSG audience in about 15 seconds. Welcome to our MSG audience here in the first hour of the morning after on Sports Grid. You're also probably listening on Sirius XM Channel 204 and the Mightier 1090 on the West Coast. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. We were in the middle of talking about Major League Baseball. The favorites have been prevailing at just over 58%. One team that was not a favorite at home last night was the New York Yankees. They were home dogs, and they beat the Philadelphia Phillies by the final score of 6-4. to four. This one goes over the total of 9. It lands at 10. And the Yankees... Yankees, their closer, Aldis Chapman, who's been struggling, picks up his first, uh, he ends up with his first, um, what was it? Why am I blanking out right now? Uh, ben, save, save me. Save. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I was saying hold. I was thinking hold. I'm exhausted. The NBA Finals killed me. I was like, it's not a hold. It was a, I'm, just leave me alone. Go for it. 
or I'll just Chapman finally pulls it. one back up. I will offer a save here like a role this Chapman finally did last night. His first Please. save Ariel for the New York Yankees in over a month. This is a role this Chapman, one of the best closers in Major League Baseball for what seems like the past five years. But his first save in over a month last night. He did give up See, one run. It's been run so long. I forget even what the, the word is. I'm an idiot. Exactly. I should just be it's been that out long. of the show for the rest of the day, and I love baseball. No. What a mess this is. Listen. What a mess. Listen, we're talking saves. We're here to pick each other up. It's what a role this Chapman did last night for the Yankees, finally. What a role Although he model. he did give up one run. He did, eh, maybe not a role model, a role to Chapman, but he did give up one run in the top of the ninth, a home run to Andrew McCutcheon, and he was throwing straight gas, as he often does. But two pitches last night in that ninth inning, a part of the save, 102 miles per hour or more for the New York Yankees, who don't look now, Ariel Epstein. Three straight wins, three of four since the All-Star break. Their odds becoming just a tiny weeny bit shorter. When you look at the AL East Divisional odds right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, they were plus 1,000 yesterday after a win over the Phillies. Plus 900, the Yankees starting to make their run now. Four games above 500. And if Aroldis Chapman can start saving some games, then good stuff. The Yankees also, I believe, blasted four home runs last night in that win over Philadelphia. Also, just one thing to note as you go forward and do your handicapping. We discussed it yesterday. Aaron Nola's strikeout prop against the Yankees, who have a high strikeout rate. But we did mention that Aaron Nola, his home versus road splits, are drastically different. Another road start yesterday that was not too kind to the ace, I guess you could say, of that Philadelphia Phillies staff. So the Yankees, a big win, and their odds becoming a little bit shorter, three straight, now plus 900 to win the AL East on the FanDuel Sportsbook. A lot of the times I've been seeing the Red Sox being underdogs too in these recent games. It's telling you that the odds makers kind of flipping things a bit granted the games are in toronto and the boston red sox are well they're in uh canada uh, buffalo but the red sox being listed as dogs to a team that they are what five six games ahead of in the standings it stands out the yankees on the other hand still were home dogs but things looking to turn around even for a team that doesn't have a lot of their players the Yankees have a bunch of players on the COVID list, and hopefully they'll come off soon, including their all-star Aaron Judge. The Yankees had an outfield over the weekend, which was a bunch of AAA players. For the Yankees to prove that they have the depth and they can win these games, honestly, Ben, it just tells me if the Yankees can't get the job done with their actual star players, what are we doing here in New York if your AAA teams are getting big league wins and your all-stars aren't? But it's a good sign for the Yankees to have their pitching staff, which is probably the biggest question for the pinstripes heading into the rest of this home stretch of the Major League Baseball season to be performing. Both their starters and certainly that bullpen and the guy you are paying a lot of money to close out games in a role to Chapman. So that is a good sign for the Yankees moving forward. Three straight wins for the Bronx Bombers. Can they keep it rolling? Can they keep that momentum going? And if Garrett Cole is good, you get a healthy Corey Kluber back. Jamison Tyone has been fantastic here as of late, winning four of his last five starts. Maybe, just maybe, these Yankees are starting to make their move, and you can still get value on them right now at plus 900. In fact, before this market came off the FanDuel Sportsbook, there was value on the Yankees to even just make the playoffs at plus 138 to the yes. So if the Yankees can sustain this through the rest of the summer, it will be another fascinating division to watch in the AL East because the Red Sox have been a huge surprise. Can they sustain this level of success for the rest of this season? 
Speaking of sustained success, the New York Mets fan base is hoping their Mets team can continue to keep in front of the National League East. The Mets are in first place, not by much, just by about a couple of games. The Reds got another win last night over the Mets, winning 4-3. to The Reds were minus 145. They cash in as the home favorites. The total of 11 stays under. It doesn't shock me, Ben, considering these two teams combined for 24 runs just a night or two ago, and now the the totals are just overinflated. Yeah, and really when you look at this, the Mets losing last night, which also furthers the point about the NL East being so tight. Four teams within five games. The Mets right now on the NL East board of the FanDuel Sportsbook, still the odds-on favorite at minus 175. But a good sign for Mets fans is that offense is starting to heat up. The fourth best in Major League Baseball in the past two and a half weeks surrounding the All-Star break. A big reason for that, the repeat home run derby champion himself, Polar Bear Pete, Pete Alonzo, hitting his second home run in as many days for the Mets last night. He has 88 home runs, Ariel, in his first 300 Major League Baseball games in his career, the second most all-time, only behind Ryan Howard of Philadelphia Phillies uh, fame. But Pete Alonzo looking good. The Mets offense themselves looking good. A loss last night, a tight NL East race. But if you're a Mets fan, you have to be happy with this offense and how they're starting to turn it around. The fourth best in Major League Baseball over the past two weeks. Baseball finally gets the spotlight just for a few weeks. Training camps are going to start in the NFL soon. I'm still going to watch baseball. I love it. it I'm just a, a baseball purist, but it's finally getting its time, whereas it should have been for the last month. Speaking of, Tim Doyle, he's going to break down the NBA Finals from last night. Coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Milwaukee Bucks pick up the win, 105-98. They cover as five-point favorites, and the total goes under a 222. The man who knew, he knew it was going to happen. He had no doubt, even down 2 nothing, that this was going to happen. It's CBS Sports and NBA TV's own Tim Doyle. Tim, thanks for coming on with us this morning. I appreciate the big introduction, yes. And you want to know something? When you have a winner like that, Ariel and Ben, you must gloat. I know that uh, Giannis talks about humility, and then he says, if you talk about the past, that's your ego. In this game, where it is so hard to go out there and pick winners when you handicap a series and nail it, Ben and Ariel, let's enjoy it a little bit. And I'm not sure if you could see this, all right? But my daughter this morning woke up. She goes, I made a card for you. There it is. Can you read it? She goes, my dad, my hero, right? And I said, you know, normally this is something you give your dad, like on Father's Day, like you give it a little picture, you give it a card and stuff. She goes, you're my hero because you've made money for the family, all right? Bucks in oh. six. So thank you so much, honey. I appreciate that. Um, not really sure I'm leading her in the right direction, but either way, we cashed a really big ticket. 
I'm in the same boat because I tell my brother how to gamble, and he's only 14. So it's really bad, and we probably shouldn't talk about it. So let's just talk about your handicap. What was it about the Bucks down 2 nothing that you didn't lose hope? You know, this is kind of how I looked at the series beforehand. Remember Giannis was coming off the hyperextended knee. So before the series started, I was hesitant to make a play because you didn't know where he was at. I thought it was really hard to have a hard stance on the series because you didn't know where Giannis was going to be out off of a hyperextended knee. And I did have Suns futures. I had them to win the Pacific Division at 14-1. to I had them to win the Western Conference, and I had them to win the NBA title. And I'll be dead honest with you guys. I cashed out before the Suns went on an East Coast trip, and it was about head-in-head with them and the Clippers. I got offered a buyout. I was buying a house. My wife wanted new paint on the house. She wanted new floors. Ben, you'll be there one day, okay? So, like, I had to make that decision that the floors and the house being painted was more important. Plus, it was a really nice-sized profit for all of those bets. So I ended up cashing out my futures, okay? Now, when I looked at what Phoenix did, they beat the Lakers without Anthony Davis. They caught the Nuggets without Jamal Murray. And then they played the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. Because I had already invested in Phoenix, now all of a sudden I thought the Suns were overvalued because what they did in the past, it was kind of like, wow, you beat teams without arguably their first or second best player. Now they've lost all their value. So I'll look at basketball-wise, I'll look at value-wise, but when I got involved in the series was after game one, you saw Giannis with the chase down block. You saw him moving very well. And then in game two, he went out and had 40. I just thought to myself, if Milwaukee holds down home court, which they only lost one game in the postseason at home, they hold down home court, and they win one game on the road, either game five or game seven, you're going to win this bet. So that was kind of, I thought that the Bucks had immense value. I got them at plus 375 after they were down 0-2, and then I got Giannis at plus 500. So once in a while, Ariel and Ben, even a blind squirrel, you know what, they can find some sort of food or a nut. First off, let me just say, I'm a Big Ten guy, so it's an honor to be speaking with a Northwestern basketball legend in yourself right now. And from one legend to another, you mentioned you had a Giannis NBA Finals MVP ticket. So what was your feeling last night sitting back and watching Giannis go off for a 50-burger? Ben, I haven't really stopped drinking champagne. I mean, let's be honest. I've been celebrating because I knew the series was over. I told We do everybody have the picture of you from last night, by the way. We do have that picture if the guys want to put it up on the screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there it is. is. Yeah, there, here it is. I mean, it's not that I've changed champagne bottles or champagne <laughs> glasses. I haven't, okay? Um, yeah, I felt really good going into last night just because, you know, they fed off that energy of, you know, the Deer District, 65,000 people outside. You know, if you look at all the defensive metrics in the playoffs, Milwaukee was either number one or number two at home throughout the entire playoffs from defensive metric standpoint. And if you went through the series of points allowed against every team, Miami, barely over 100. The Nets, three games in Milwaukee, the high-powered Nets, Kevin Durant, they averaged 89 points in three games in Milwaukee. And then the Hawks, they averaged around 106. They also had that big spike in game one where they kind of caught Milwaukee after an emotional Nets series. And then, you know, I was pounding Suns team total under. They were like no sweat winners. And last night, once again, you know, they failed to break the century mark. They were 108 and a half. So 
I, I thought this was a, a series where everybody got really excited about Chris Paul. I love the commercials as well. I think they're really cute. He's got the mustache. Cliff's there. You got uh, Carlton doing the dance, pretending it like. I think people got caught up, Ariel, with the narrative, and I was just like, I think Milwaukee's just better. And the fact that Giannis, after games one and games two, you could see that he was trending in the right direction. I thought this was simply a no-brainer. I thought it was easy money. Tim Doyle from NBA TV and CBS joining us. Tim, talking about Chris Paul, it's Chris Paul and Scott Foster that's the real story to me. (laughs) What is it about a ref that is so detrimental to one player losing 13 straight playoff games? Yeah, I mean, there's got to be something to it, you know, and and that was kind of, you know, when I handicap a game, there had to come a point where Drew Holiday reverted back to the back of his baseball card. That's right. There was baseball cards at one point, right, when I'm not even sure if you guys saw them, but like that actually existed. They used to have people's stats on it. But Drew Holiday had to have an offensive game at some point. And it happened in game five. Game six, he reverted back to uh, taking a holiday on offense and not scoring the basketball. But, like, you know, there is a track record with that. And if you want to follow trends gambling like that, the whole key when you have a system or a trend is you got to stick to it. And you can't all of a sudden deviate and be like, "Ah, I'm not going to do that. You know, multiple times in the playoffs, I had picked out a two-game set where I was going to bet the team – and if they lost, I was going to double up in game number two. I did it with the Canadians in the Stanley Cup final. Winner, I did it with the Bucks in games three and four at home in the NBA finals. Like, there comes a point that that, to me, is not gambling. That is taking a system and following it, also uh, alleviating money and not getting discouraged after game one. I don't think it's something you could do for three or four games. I think you can end up in a really nasty hole. But I like to do it in two-game increments or maybe even three-game. If I see a team that I feel like is not going to get swept or lose three straight, that's a time to jump in and make a profit. And also, you got to take your money down once in a while and be like, all right, I won that, and now I'm going to move on. So, uh, Ariel, to your point, if you see a system with Chris Paul, Scott Foster, that's clearly leaned in one direction, yeah, hop on board. Are you late to the party? Maybe, but if you're late to the party, there's always a quick way to catch up. Two Long Island iced teas. If you have two Long Island iced teas, you will catch up to any party, trust me, in a heart. <laughs> that is very sage advice right there from Tim Doyle. And Tim, you heard Giannis last night after the game mention he wants to run it back. He wants to do it again in Milwaukee. And we do have. I thought NBA you were going to say he wants Long Island odds. iced teas. Well, he might. He might have popped off some Long Island iced teas last night, as well as the champagne in the locker room. But we already have future odds for next NBA season's NBA champion up on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. The Brooklyn Nets, the favorite at plus 195. The Lakers, the second shortest odds at 6-1, to one, plus 600. Those Milwaukee Bucks, can they go back-to-back at plus 850? Tim, where do you think there is value on the futures market right now? I think it goes to the Warriors. I saw them hovering around 10-1. to one. You know, who knows what Klay Thompson's going to look like coming off an ACL and an Achilles. But James Wiseman is a player. Obviously, Steph. Steph did a lot for me this year because that was a team that without him I thought was actually the worst in the NBA. He had them fighting for a playoff spot down to the very last day before they lost the Grizzlies. Now you're adding Klay Thompson, who at the end of the day might be a basketball Hall of Famer. They spread you out offensively. I think they're going to add a few pieces. Plus, free agents want to play with them. So I think that they have amazing value, even though there's some massive question marks. Obviously, handicapping the season right when it's over is really tough to do. But 
you don't want to take anything away from what Phoenix did. They had a remarkable year. They've never won a championship in the history of their organization. But man, Ben and Ariel, if you look at like seven possessions in that NBA Finals, they're the NBA champions. Like, they have to be like going home being like, what happened there? Like, we easily could have won that series. Like game four, they're up nine points in the fourth quarter. Can't close it out. Game five, they're up 18 in the first quarter. They lose. Like, they had so many opportunities to win that series. And when I was young, I would always look at it like coaches be like, oh, it was so hard to win a title. And the, the margin is so thin between winning and losing. And I was always like, dude, you have like Shaq or you have Michael Jordan or you had Tom Brady. But like now that I'm older, I can kind of put myself in those shoes and be like, man, they Mike Budenholzer won an NBA championship by this much. He won it by an inch or whatever Kevin Durant's foot stepping on the three-point line. If that was behind the line, they lose that series. He gets fired and like we're not sitting here talking about the Bucks right now. But as far as futures... I think the Lakers are going to come back loaded. You know, you got LeBron and Anthony Davis. You got value there. I'd be hard-pressed to bet the Bucks or the Suns repeating getting back to the NBA Finals because I think the story of the postseason in 2021 was injuries, whether it was Trey Young or Donovan Mitchell or James Harden or Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you just go through the list. So many guys were injured. So is that going to happen again? I highly doubt it with uh, the schedule kind of getting back to norm and guys getting healthy. So I'd be hard-pressed to bet the Bucks of the Suns making a run back to the finals. Tim, some may say that the offseason in the NBA is the real season as opposed to when they're actually on the floor. The offseason in the NBA has so much drama. The drama is going to be circulating around the Portland Trailblazers star Damian Lillard. It already has with Team USA. They've been asking him questions about where he's going next. Where do you see Damian Lillard going in 2021-2022? I think it could end up on the Warriors. Uh, he's a Bay Area guy. That's a name that I keep hearing circulating around. I mean, I look at Damian Lillard. He is to Steph Curry what Dominique Wilkins was in the 80s to Michael Jordan. I mean, Dominique was an amazing talent that almost flies below the radar because Jordan was so great during that era. But if there was no Steph Curry, we would look at what Damian Lillard's doing, shooting the three, the logo threes, the game-winning shots. We would look at Lillard in a whole different light. But because we have Curry... It's like, oh, yeah, Lillard's pretty good, too. It's like, that's what I, I remember watching with, like, Jordan and Dominique. It was like, Jordan would dunk, you know, Dominique would do the windmill or have a crazy dunk, and then Jordan would just kind of upend them and then win a title. And then it's like, oh, yeah, Dominique's, like, an okay player. Like, uh, I could see Lillard going down to Golden State. I, here's the deal. I just think people want to play with Steph. People just want to play with Clay. They play a fun brand of basketball. There's an electric atmosphere there. They move the ball. Guys get shots. They're fun to watch like that's what makes the Giannis championship so impressive was there's not too many guys around the NBA that are like you know where I want to go Milwaukee like they just don't say that like people want to go to San Francisco there's a there's a tech boom like entrepreneurs there's so much more out there so that's why you got to give the Bucks if you're a Bucks fan and if you're a Bucks fan congratulations by the way you got to give them all the credit in the world the Bucks because they did whatever it took to keep Giannis, sign Chris Middleton to an ungodly contract. They did that. Oh, your brother wants to be on the team? Sure. Yeah, your brother play. Your brother hey, come on there. 
we do, we do have to get to break, Tim. We have to get to break. If you're buying what Tim's selling, jump in on those Warriors at 13 to 1. Tim Doyle, thanks for coming on with us. I got more to give. Come on, Ariel, don't come here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out hour number one here on the morning after on Sports Grid. We're on Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Let's get to our poll. It's time for Fade the Public. The poll is a question that I got a lot of flack for on social media. However, I don't care. It's a really good talking point. There were a lot of injuries this year in the NBA, especially when we got to the playoffs. The Lakers, the Nets. The Clippers, all three of those teams had all-stars out with injuries. The question is, if all three of those teams are healthy, are the Milwaukee Bucks still the champions? Majority has spoken, and just under 68% say no. The Bucks would not have won the NBA Finals if those three teams were healthy. Ben, are you fading the public? I'm a sucker for recency bias, so I'm going to fade the public, and I'm going to say yes, because... I think at a certain moment throughout this NBA playoffs, Mike Budenholzer certainly realized he had to play Giannis at the five. He had to make the adjustment and play him for 42 to 44 minutes. And if Giannis was playing at the level he did in this NBA Finals against a very good Phoenix Suns team defensively, whether it's Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, or DeAndre Ayton, who are some great matchups for Giannis, and playing at the clip he did, I think they could have beaten any team in the NBA. A healthy Kawhi, a healthy LeBron, a healthy AD, a healthy whoever. I still think the Bucks would have ended up winning the NBA championship with Giannis playing as well as he did. And don't forget, when you speak about injuries, he also had a hyperextended left knee and was able to perform in such a fashion. So, yes, I know injuries are there. As Tim Doyle said, really the Brooklyn Nets were an inch away from winning that Game 7 and knocking the Bucks out in the Eastern Conference semifinals. But I'm going to fade the public, and I'm going to say, yes, the Milwaukee Bucks still would have won the 2021 NBA championship. It's hard for me because the Brooklyn Nets, if they were in full force with all three of their star players, it's hard to believe that the Nets were beatable, yet they couldn't stay healthy. And that's always when it comes to sports and winning championships, the healthiest team, uh, they are, they're the ones that end up prevailing. We're here on Sirius XM Channel 204. We've got you covered for the next two hours up until noon Eastern time. Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. Hour number two is coming up next here on the Sports Grid Network. Are you one of us? We've just got one question. Do you like games? We do. Do you like winning? What a- 